we are saying this cannot be accomplished, this cannot be done, then we are shortchanging ourselves. My brain, it cannot process failure. It will not process failure. Because if I have to sit there and face myself and tell myself you are a failure, I think that is almost worse than dying. Those are words from NBA legend Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. Those are the hardest words I think I've ever said on this podcast. When I heard yesterday, today is Monday, yesterday Sunday, that Kobe Bryant and eight others, including his 13-year-old daughter Gigi, died in a helicopter crash, I was, man, I, I can't even explain it. I literally, I just moved into a new apartment, new studio, getting set up, new equipment, new everything, I'm putting stuff together, I'm excited, you know, new is new. And all of a sudden I get a text message, dude, did you hear what happened? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? I'm not paying attention to news, I, I had some music on, not paying attention to really much at all, except getting my stuff together, I wanted to do another podcast, I got some crazy interviews, some great interviews, I'm ready to go. And then my friend told me what had happened. I can't just take first person telling me like, hey, Kobe Bryant died. I'm like, no way. I looked it up, Google, Yahoo Sports had already sent messages, CBS was close to follow, and then, man, just an onslaught of news and everybody on Facebook and Twitter, and it was just really overwhelming. So right after I got that text message, while I'm looking stuff up and making sure that this is actually true and not fake news or anything that people are making up just to make it up, I just sat down. I sat down on my living room floor, my heart, my mind just gone, out of body. I, I actually teared up. I teared up because a man I had never met once in my life, but I had watched for 20 years. For 20 years, I watched him on the basketball court and I listened to the quotes like I started this podcast off and I saw his determination and he made me feel if I didn't stop doing what I love to do, then I would either succeed or I would be in a better place than I was before. And that has come very, very true in my life. I have pushed and I have pushed and I have fought and I have fought and I've been dedicated to everything that I want to do since day one. And Kobe Bryant was a role model for me to make sure that I did that. I refuse to be lazy. I mean, everybody's lazy and procrastinates a little bit. I don't know about Kobe, but I did. But at the end of the day, I couldn't sit back and say, hey, you know, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. Anything that I felt that I could do, I put my foot, my feet, my mouth, my head, everything forward, my drive, my determination to try to get things done. And I don't think if I didn't have Kobe Bryant as a role model that I would have done that. He was telling me through these quotes every once in a while from you know, reporters and stuff like that. And if you look up Kobe Bryant quotes, there's there's tons of inspiring quotes that he either said in, you know, post-game, pre-game, or that he just said sitting down doing interviews. He just made you want to better yourself. And those are the kind of people that I like to look up to and hopefully you're looking up to too. I mean, there's tons of trash in this world. And I'm going to say it now, I love my listeners and... I'm glad that I have a following that I do, but I hope that the people that are listening to this show are not the same people that are putting up memes and saying stuff about Kobe Bryant and his family. It's just not right, man. We're all human beings. 
yes, there was rape allegations from a woman in Colorado in like 2002 or 2003, early 2000s. He was never charged with rape. She refused to go to testify against him. Then there was a civil action lawsuit that Kobe Bryant ended up paying her for. He was originally charged with rape, not convicted, nothing besides the woman originally saying that he raped her and then dropped it and then didn't show up for court is the only thing that has ever been against this guy or slighted against him. Did he cheat on his wife? Yes, there's no doubt. And that's probably not the only time. Not the only time at all. And is that correct? Is that right? No. Do we all make mistakes? Yes. All the time. Everybody on this planet has done some things that they regret or wish that they would have done differently. Kobe Bryant is no different. He was a human being just like the rest of us. Am I saying that rape is right and that just because he's a basketball player that that should be overlooked or, you know, that didn't happen? No, but I wasn't there just like you weren't there, just like nobody else was there except him and her. As always, there's two different sides to a story, but he was not proven guilty. He was not convicted of this charge. So you cannot say that he did something if there's no proof that he did except somebody saying that he did. And then he could have been like, well, she's saying this because we had sex and now she wants money because I'm a famous basketball player. He didn't do that. A lot of other people could have done that. He didn't. It could go both ways. I am not saying she's not a victim. I'm not saying he's a victim. I am just saying that there is tons of things, situations that could have happened in Denver. There is no reason that anybody should be like, hey, I'm glad this rapist died. That is unfair to the person that he became or that he was. You could see that he was a great father. His wife, even though that he cheated on her, stayed with him. They were together 18 years married. That doesn't happen to somebody that is going and raping people. And first of all, why would Kobe Bryant need to rape anybody? He was Kobe Bryant to the day that he died, Sunday, yesterday. He could have slept with anybody that he wished. No doubt. There is no doubt in my mind. Even after he retired basketball, 41 years old, there is no doubt that he could have had anybody that he wanted to. But anyway, I'm done talking about that. That's not the Kobe Bryant that I want to remember or that I cherish as a basketball player and as a person. I watched his last game. I watched him drop those 60 points. I'm like, man, I'm never going to be able to watch this man play again. I watched his all-star games. I watched him and Shaq win three consecutive championships and go to the finals against the Pistons for a fourth and lost. I watched all of that. That was my childhood. Yes, Michael Jordan is my favorite player of all time. There's no doubt about that. I'm born in 1985. So Jordan comes into the league the year before. So I don't really know what's going on in watching basketball until I'm probably like seven, eight years old. Seven is 1992. They won their second championship. I remember watching that. At least a game, you know, a couple plays here and there. 93, I remember. And then, of course, the last three-peat, I was a little older. Still a kid, but a little older. Kobe Bryant, prime Brandon of watching sports and basketball. He comes in the league in 96. I'm 11 years old and watched him all the way through. All the way through. And he's a Laker, and it's Kobe Bryant, so he was on TV all the time. It's just a shame. It's a tragedy. It's very, 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 very sad. I have never in my life shed a tear for somebody I had never met before, and that would be the first. I hope it's not the last, because I value life. And I value other people's lives. You know, I, I feel for the family. I feel for his wife, Vanessa. 
I feel for the whole Bryant family, the Laker family, you know, the NBA community, everybody. That's a huge loss. You know, the world just lost, you know, a, a great figure. Even though I just said I didn't want to talk about that anymore. But yeah, he did make a mistake and did something wrong and he bettered himself after that and kept showing, hey, I did something wrong, but that doesn't define me. I am this other person as well. Or I am this great guy that made a mistake. Or I am a human being that made a mistake and kept going. And I thank him for showing us that as well. So rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. I have a painting with Kobe, Michael, and Allen Iverson that I will never, never relinquish. I had done a couple years ago, and that's going to be with me forever. I really wish I would have had the opportunity to talk to him and do an interview. Of course, everybody would have. It's being my love. I, I really, really wish that I would have got to speak to him. That would have been awesome. One more rest in peace, man. And rest in peace, everybody that was in that helicopter. It's a shame. It's a tragedy. And life should not be taken like that. But it's also a lesson for the rest of us. Your loved ones, your friends, anybody that you encounter, man. Appreciate them, love them, support them. Be the best that you can be for them because you don't know when it's going to be the last time that you have an opportunity. Remember that. Always remember that. Every time you see your mom, even if you're not happy with her, you guys get in an argument, you guys don't see eye to eye. Make sure before you leave, you give her a hug, a kiss, whatever you do, and tell her you love her before you leave. Mom, sister, grandma, whoever, make sure you do that. You never, ever, ever know when it's going to be the last opportunity. The passing of Kobe Bryant is not the only thing we're wrestling with on episode 38 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Brandon LaChance. We have LaSalle Peru wrestling coach Ed Robleski with us. The Cavaliers have been tearing it up. They are at least splitting conference championship in the Interstate 8. They are crushing duels. The Cavaliers went into the Interstate 8 Conference Tournament Saturday at Rochelle with some confidence, and boy, did they let that show. The Cavaliers had three first-place finishes with Ashton Kellett, Brock Neal, and Peyton Perino. Three second-place finishes from Zach Plackett, Hunter Karen, Connor Lorden. A third-place finish from Parker Swiskowski, and fourth-place finishes from both Austin Christman and Drew Veraway. They finished second behind Sycamore. Coach Obleski speaks about Sycamore being kind of the team to go after or the team that they would have to compete with at the conference meet. And yeah, it showed out. <laughs> they had that many top finishers and still finished second behind Sycamore. The Cavaliers are proving every time that they step on the mats that they are not easy to get past. They are doing some great things. Ed and I talk about all Cavalier wrestling. Ed is a great man to talk to. Crazy, crazy, crazy enthusiastic about wrestling. If it wasn't for Ed, I wouldn't have been able to write some of the wrestling stories that I did because he gave me some tips, advice, some jargon, some lingo. You just talk to the man about wrestling and you get to know wrestling. We will be back soon, shortly. I got some more awesome interviews coming up real soon. I just want to leave with one more Kobe Bryant quote. This is another one that I'll never forget that always sticks in my head. I'm going to leave you guys with this. I have nothing in common with lazy people who blame others for their lack of success. Great things come from hard work and perseverance. No excuses. Rest in peace, Kobe. Until I know a lot time. of... 
the podcast for Edge of Your Seat Podcast has been basketball because that is my favorite sport. But I do check out and pay attention to everything, including high school wrestling. At first, when I first started being a journalist, I can't say I didn't like it, but I really just didn't understand it. Well, 14 years in the business, you get to understand it as you're watching meets all the time. And a lot of my learning and understanding came from LaSalle, Peru, wrestling coach Ed Robleski as I was checking out his team, the Cavaliers, on the wrestling mats. And thankfully, I have him here with us today. How's it going, Ed? It's going great. Thanks for having me, Brandon. So I didn't know if you knew that, but a lot of my wrestling knowledge has come from you. <laughs> that, is, that is, I didn't know that. <laughs> and, uh, and I hope I did provide some information for you. Well, I never got fired for writing a wrestling story, so I think we're okay. Yeah, uh, you, you did a really good job writing wrestling stories, too. Every year you got better and better at it. And that's what I'm saying. It was because of you. I learned from the teacher. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But... <laughs> All right, so we are in, this would be about the middle of the season or a little past the middle. Yeah, yeah, we're probably, yeah, we're getting about three quarters, I would say, right now. All right. If, if, if it's going to come down to crunch time, we're going to have regionals. Regionals will be starting. We got a conference tournament coming up this Saturday. Regionals will start February eighth. Um, sectionals will be weekend of the fourteenth, and state, of course, is the twentieth, twenty first, and twenty second. So we're we're, uh, we're we're probably a good three quarters of the way through the season right now. It flies by. It does. I always said it's the shortest, longest season in sports because you know, come the beginning of November. You know, you're looking at the schedule and you're thinking, geez, we're going all the way through the middle of February to the end of February. But, I mean, realistically, you know, once you get through December and past the holidays, in a blink of an eye, you're you're competing in the postseason. You guys, if I've seen right, are 15-1 and one in duels? Correct. That is pretty amazing. And you guys have had records like that for the last three or four years. Well, I've got a group of seniors that I can give the credit to. You know, most of them have been wrestling for, you know, in the, in the varsity lineup for the last four years. They came in as freshmen. They came through the crushing calves. Very talented group of kids and um, jumped right into the lineup right off the get-go. Been varsity wrestlers for four years. and They've been just getting better and better every year. They've done a lot of winning for this program, no question about it. How many years have you been with the team now? Is this five or six for you? Well, actually, I started in 2001. I was a freshman coach. I got hired by the legendary wrestling coach from LP, Mark Seaver. Um, he hired me uh, on the freshman level. And I was a freshman coach for probably two or three years, and I moved up to be a soft coach. I did that for quite a long time, too. And then I took over the varsity team. Uh, well, I think this is my seventh year as a varsity head coach. I was thinking it was more than five. I couldn't remember how many, though. Yeah, it's been seven years. <laughs> that, that flies by, too. <laughs> 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 yeah, because I remember when you took over, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a long time, but a quick long time. So you were mentioning, you know, the seniors that have helped LaSalle, Peru be successful the last few years. Why don't you just run through them, give me their names and weight classes, and kind of what you hope to see or what you've seen from them where we're at in the season. Um, well, first, the first senior was uh, Zach Plackett, who's our 120-pounder. Zach has been a three-year starter for us, for sure. Hard worker. Good kid. Um, right now he's sitting on a 17 and 11 record, so he's having a very solid senior year. Aiden Sines is one of our captains. He's got 23 and score record right now. He's one of the leaders on our team. Aiden was a fresh soft state champ when he was a sophomore. They had a fresh soft tournament. 
after the varsity season and stuff is done. But he was state champ two years ago when he was a sophomore. So, you know, Aiden's got a lot of talent. He's really a hard worker. Uh, he's been a, he's been a starter for us all four years. Ashton Kellett, he's been a four-year starter for us right now. He's, he's sitting on a 23-3 and record. Beat two ranked wrestlers this week. Victor Guzman from Rock Island, who's ranked third in the state. And then he beat um, Kale Schinnenbach from Sandwich, who's, I think he's ranked seventh or eighth in Class A. But he's been a solid wrestler for his whole career also. Uh, Hunter Karen is a 152-pounder. He's at 16-10 and 10 right now. And uh, Hunter's having a solid year for us. Parker Swiskowski, another one of our captains. He's 19-7. Parker is, is definitely one of the leaders in the room, one of the leaders of the team. Drew Verway, who's 11 and 4 right now, he's at 182 pounder. Drew has battled some rib injuries during December, so he's just finally healthy and he's finally getting back to to his old self in the lineup. And then, of course, Peyton Perino, our heavyweight, was state qualifier last year. Um, Peyton's right now is 24 and 2, and he's ranked number three in the state at Class 2A. Peyton, one of our captains, and. He's having a good year for us so far also. That's our eight seniors that we got in the lineup that are the leaders and the backbone of the program. So just as a coach, talk about the importance of having that many seniors and that many experienced guys to not only, you know, win meets and have successful records and stuff like that, but also to help the younger kids coming in that are seeing, you know, their work ethic and what they're doing to be successful. How important is that for you as a coach? Oh, it's, it's invaluable. If, if you can have eight seniors in your lineup every year, be on any way at all, and be honest with you, I mean, it, it's a luxury to have. And it's kind of a double-edged sword because, you know, they are seniors. And, and unfortunately, you know, last year, wrestling, you know, they're going to move on to bigger and better things. They'll surely be missed. But, yeah, it, it's their leadership and, and their work ethic and just knowing the program and, and knowing the way we do things and how we organize things and how, how this works and how that works. I have to explain very little to this team because they've, they've been through it for the last four years. You know? They know what to expect. They know what I expect out of them. So, I mean, it's definitely a luxury having that many seniors. With having eight seniors, is this the most seniors that you've had in the class in the seven years you've been uh, in charge of the Cavaliers? Yes. Yeah, this is, this is my biggest senior class. And when you were going through the names, like, you're, you're right. I mean, they've been starting wrestlers for three, four years, and all of them are, you know, big names in the wrestling world around the Illinois Valley. No question about it. A lot of these kids have been put on singlets and wrestling since they're five, six years old. So, you know, we, we've got a, a bunch of good kids. When they when they came in as freshmen, they do a lot more than just the basics. So it was it was fun to work with them and, and to improve on what they already do. So, yeah, they've been just a great group. Outside of the seniors, are there any, you know, newcomers or maybe juniors or anything like that that are going to be pushing for, you know, regional titles or anything in the postseason? Austin Crispin, who wrestles 126, 132, depending on what, what weight class uh, Aiden Sign goes, he's having a, a fantastic year for us. He's a junior. Um, he's 21 and 6 right now. His nickname is Crispy. Austin is, is doing a great job for us this year, no question about it. Ryland Poole is a 170 pounder. He's having a very solid year for us. He's a junior. We've got a freshman in the lineup at, at 195 pounds, uh, Connor Lorden, who's uh, 18 and 7 right now, and I think he's really starting to come around. Getting used to being on the varsity as a, as a freshman and at that weight class, you know, it's not un, unheard of to have a starting freshman in your varsity lineup at 106, 113, maybe 120. But it's pretty tough when, when you're that big going against you know juniors and seniors at that weight class. But Connor's sure held his own this year, and he's gonna be something special before his four years are over. There's no question about it. Brock Neal, junior, 220 pounder, 
Uh, Brock's 23-5 and five right now. His only losses have come to you know, ranked kids either in 2A or 3A. Brock is a big part of our lineup. He's definitely a name that, that's going to surface in the, in the postseason, no doubt about it. You should have saw my face when you said a freshman at 195 pounds. Yeah, Connor Lord was an IKWF state champ last year as an eighth grader. So he was one of those crunching calves that came in and was ready to throw out a varsity singlet right off the bat. Didn't keep those guys coming our way, no question about it. But he's, uh, yeah, Connor, Connor's going to be a good one. He's going to be a real good one. Definitely, and I don't mean to skip ahead of season because we've already said that it flies by fast enough. But right. when these eight seniors leave, it seems like you're, you know, the cabinet's not going to be bare. Oh no, um, I don't like to look towards the future. I want to, I want to deal with with this team at the moment. We got some, we got some goals we need to accomplish yet, and individually and as a team. There's going to be possibly seven, eight starters back on the next year's team, and you know, we're just going to have to reload, you know, fill in a few of the weight classes that we graduate, but. Uh, it should be a solid group next year also. You know, being in the Illinois Valley, and I've been throughout the whole state of Illinois, I don't know how to, to word it. It's not extremely popular. I mean, it's not basketball, football, baseball, but it is its own community. And within wrestling, there is a lot of diehard fans, and it, it gets exciting at the meets. We got a, a loyal group of fans, parents that come watch us, our homies, and, and on the road. I mean, a lot of times I'll look up in the stands and we'll bring more fans than the home team has. We travel well, a lot of support, which is a great feeling to look up and you, know, you see, you know, all your supporters and all your fans and all the parents that follow these kids you know, through thick and thin. So we're happy with the support that we get. And that's kind of why I brought it up, because one of the things that I noticed while I was working for the local newspaper was LP always had a ton of people there. I went to a couple of your guys' regionals. I think I went to a sectional for you guys a couple of times. And there was always tons of people wearing LaSalle Peru gear. Yep, yep, they're there. They're there. They support us 100%. Are you guys sharing the uh, Interstate 8 conference? Have you guys put yourself in that position? Yeah, dual part of it. We ended up going 6-1 and one in the conference, and so did Sycamore. They went 6-1 in the conference. Fortunately, we beat Sycamore, so we kind of got the, the one-up on them, I guess. The way conference rules go, if you tie, they don't use, you know, who won the duel as a criteria, which, okay, if that's what you want to do it. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's us in Sycamore that end up tying for the, for the conference duel portion of it. As soon as we get off the phone here, I'm going to write a petition that that's not how it should be. No, no, if you go to a seating meeting and, uh, you know, wrestler A beats wrestler B, wrestler A gets number one seed. You know, that's just the way it goes. Right. So, but, you know, it's, it's the way that the bylaws are set up and I have no, con no control or, or anything over that. So we'll take the partial championship, I guess, if you want to say. <laughs> So with that, I mean, you go six and ones, played all the conference teams, going into the conference meet this weekend. Who are some of the top teams that when you guys get there, like singling out, like, okay, we have to make sure point-wise and stuff like that, we beat these certain people. What what teams are those? Probably the number one team, you know, in our eyes, the best team is, in competition-wise, is Sycamore. Sycamore's got a, you know, a, a standingly talented lineup. But the thing about the conference tournament is it's, it's different because just because a conference team may not have a conference wins, a lot of pool wins, they've got good individuals. So they might have you know, a good individual in a certain weight class, and he's going to you know, take points away from you and take points away from Sycamore. And everybody in the conference has you know, some solid wrestlers that can hurt us and other teams. So the conference tournament is going to be very interesting. Rochelle's got a nice lineup. Ottawa, of course, has got kids in their lineup that are, that are fantastic. So the conference tournament is going to be... Uh, Pretty exciting, and hopefully we can score enough 
to be in contention um, in that final round. But it's, it's not going to be easy by any means. Did you watch the AFC-NFC championship game? I did. I did. We got home. We got home Sunday. I'm trying to think it was about... Oh, about 11.30 or 12. And yes, I, I got home, got unpacked, talked to my wife, parked myself in my favorite chair, and, and I watched football for the rest of the day between naps. <laughs> were the winners the teams that you wanted it to be? You know what? Actually, yeah, you know, they both were. I thought that that was going to be, I, th- I thought that that would be the best Super Bowl with Kansas City and San Fran. If I had to pick one game that I really wanted to see uh, win, it was San Fran, you know, Bears fan, so... I was kind of happy, extra happy that the Rams won. Oh, yes. As soon as I saw the halftime score, I put that all over my social media. <laughs> 27 yeah. to nothing over the Green Bay Packers. I was delighted. Yep. Yeah, that was, that was a good game. I am going to start being a closet Tennessee Titans fan. What they did this year, especially in the postseason, shocked me, and it was awesome to watch. They were. They, they, what were they like? They were 2-4 and four at one time. During the season, I think, or something like that. As soon as they put Tannehill in as quarterback, and that team turned around. You know, you got to give Abel a lot of credit. He did a he did a great job. That team could have went in the tank. He brought them back. You know, they got them to play together. So, must be a heck of a coach. Yeah, and then when you look at a team in the playoffs, and I talked about it on this podcast, I'm like, they're 9-7, and seven. get in as the sixth seed, they're going against the Patriots, who have looked awesome all year, and then they're going against the Ravens, who everybody thought was in the Super Bowl, and I'm like, there's no way they're winning these games. And sure enough. Right. Yep. They sure did. And they, and they won them handily. Really, you know? Yeah, Patriots really didn't have a chance. Oh. Oh. the ball. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson couldn't go nowhere. He likes to use his legs. Tennessee wasn't yeah. having it. Yeah, I'm telling you. See, important part, get, get into the playoffs, make it to the postseason, good things can happen, right? Definitely. Now, do you, uh, we're going to go back to wrestling for a second. Do you use that mentality in your coaching strategy or methods when you're talking to your wrestlers? In a sense, yes. I mean, you know, we really emphasize in our duels and stuff, we work really hard on top. We work hard on pinning people. But as, as the, the deeper you go into the, the posters and the regionals and sectionals, you know, it's it's all about just, just winning that match. You know, whatever you need to do to win that match, you know. So you're gonna, you're, the competition gets better, so the pins become less and less. So you got to be able to score points. You know, that, that's that's the that's the whole thing. And, and you just win that match to get to the next one and win that match to get to the next one. And before you know it, you move on. And regionals are top three from regionals, move on. Sectionals are top four, move on. You know, last 10 years or so, our sectionals have been pretty loaded with, with a lot of talent and a lot of good teams. So, I mean, it just comes down to just winning that match and then moving on to the next one, whatever you need to do. Well, Coach, I want to thank you for joining us. It is always awesome to catch up with you and find out about the Cavaliers and what you guys are doing on the mats. So, thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me anytime, man. Definitely. We will do this again. Okay. Sounds good.